0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting startup founders share their stories and strategies. They also deliver tangible lessons learned along the way that you can apply to your own startup. Each episode is a true masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my special guest this morning is Sean Castrina. Sean, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Great to be on the podcast. So I, you know, every time you move your head, I try to read the sign behind you The the 10 minute entrepreneur, I am anxious to get into that. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about who Sean Castrina is.
0: Yeah, you know, obviously, I am I, 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 the host of the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. I've written four business books, founded the weekend MBA, and, you know, st- tried to, you know, started probably more than 20. Well, I know I've started more than 20 companies. So I understand the startup space pretty well.
1: And a little bit about just personal,
0: like, where do you live? Yeah, I live in Charlottesville for all you stalkers, which is near UVA. Um, Two kids married, uh, you know, all the good stuff there. So now I, you know, I live in a great area. It was voted one of the top 20 places in America. It was the number one place in America to live two out of three years, like 22 years ago. So I thought it'd be a great place to move and start a business and it worked out well.
1: And here you are. You know, I'm I'm about uh, 48 minutes away from you. I'm sitting in the West End of Richmond, Virginia, as we chat. Okay, so, like short pump. Yeah, I'm in short pump. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. where I am. So, and it's good to have you on the podcast. So I don't even know where to begin. I mean, you said I've started 20 businesses. So can you give us kind of a quick journey through the entrepreneurial serpentine that you've experienced over the last few years?
0: Yeah, so I, I went, you know, I figured I'd, go to college, get a grad, you know, get a, you know, get a grad degree, work my way up, be a CEO of a company. My brain kind of works that way. I'm a, was a division one athlete. So it's kind of like seek, destroy, seek, destroy, <laughs> seek, destroy. Um, so I, I never had thought about, you know, you know, starting a business, never even crossed my mind. I figured I have a couple of things going on, maybe speaking, speaking engagements, things of that nature, maybe investments on the side, real estate. But never thought about entrepreneurship, and then there was a change in leadership where I was working. And if you ever hear these words, unless you're in a car, you don't want to ever hear this. Sean, we're going in a different direction. And when I heard those words, I, I knew that I was not a part of that. They were bringing in a whole new team, and so you know I, that when that happened, I, I kind of knew I would never work for anybody long term again. Mm-hmm. I, I'll do something in the transition, and and I recommend it to everybody what ends up happening sometimes is we lose our job or something takes place that's fairly dramatic and we somehow think this is a great time to start a business and i would argue it's the worst time to start a business uh you're wounded yeah stressed out financially point. i always say get a job then start a business you can do two things at one time you know segment your days whether you do stuff in the morning before you go to work and when you get home from work you could do stuff on the weekend there's 168 hours in a week you can get quite a bit accomplished so, you know, that's what I did. And uh, I was, I sold life insurance for a year, which was actually incredible money. And we had Monday staff meetings. And this first time there was, I've ever been around like really expensive cars, like Mercedes, BMWs, Lexuses. It was just like, you know, a car lot of really nice cars. And then there was mine. Uh, and I'm there. And I'm, and this, again, this one was 30 years ago. I'm like, it would be so cool if I could get my car cleaned in this parking lot while I'm sitting in this meeting, wasting these two hours. Now now there's a car wash, you know, every 800 feet. But at the time there wasn't. And and I, it's not like I like cleaning cars or have any interest in anything like that, but I was just kind of laying it out. Okay, we would need a vehicle. We'd need a big water tank. We'd need like a power washer. You know, I, I just went through like, the, there's only like five things we needed. Yeah. And I started Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. And a couple of key points that number one, it's still in business, I sold it. Uh, They cleaned two of my cars in the last two months and they typically clean them about three times a year. But it was a great name. You knew exactly what we did from day one. Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. You know, people make names so confusing. You know, they they feel like this is going to be their creative thing, you know, unless you're, it's a domain within the internet space where you can go with the Google, the Bing and stuff like that. But outside of that, you you typically, you know, don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't get so cute. Be clear. Yeah. Be very clear. They, They should know exactly what you do because then you have to market twice. You got to market your, you know, you're doing your name and then you got to explain your name. And then what you're doing, if your name says what you do, you've made a little bit of your marketing easier. Second thing is our tagline was America's choice in mobile detailing. Again, reiterating what we do, but taking the boldest position possible. And I always say, if nobody's claimed it, claim it. Yep. You can grow into that, that, you know, that brand. And and it was an incredible business. I made $30,000 passive that year by just setting up somebody to answer the phone. And we had four different pricings inside, outside, van, car, you know, something like that. Every Friday, the gentleman who cleaned the cars would bring me the checks. I'd write him a check for 50% back and rinse, repeat. And that has kind of been my, you know, model for the last, you know, 30 years, service companies. I like businesses that involve human beings. I, you know, I don't want to compete with software. I don't want to compete with Amazon. I don't want to compete with AI. The human right. being is by far the most amazing thing on the planet. You know, I read that like AI at its greatest level is 1% of an ant has the intelligence of 1% of an ant, hmm. you know, so the human, the human being is a, a fairly extraordinary, you know, we're pretty complex. We're, yeah, we are. We're pretty in the ability to think, adapt things of that nature. I mean, we got some pretty neat, unique things going on. So, yeah. So I've been starting service companies since then. And it's done very, very well for me and, you know, among other types of businesses. But I find that service companies are definitely my strike zone. But primarily B2C? Uh, no, it, yeah, all business to customers. Yeah, not B2B. Yeah. I, I want the customer to be able to say yes today and write a check today. That's my qualifications. I, the problem with commercial work is, is that commercial, you can it's bid related. Right. Never get paid at the time of service. Race to the
1: bottom of price. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's so many things that that I don't like about it. Again, I want somebody to be able to say yes, I want to hire you today. I can pay you today. If you can't do that, I'm not interested in rental properties. I'm not interested in realtors. I'm not interested. In a homeowner that can say yes today and write me a check today.
1: I that that is as clear an explanation of like your entrepreneurial DNA as I've probably yeah. heard in 250 episodes. Yeah, You know, I I want B to C. I want, you know, say
0: yes today, pay today. I mean, that's it. it. We we have no outstanding invoices. We have no outstanding invoices in our company when we're, you know, do $10 million and serve one of the most service companies, everybody will pay the day or pay the next day. Yeah. There is no, you know, there's no, we're going to wire it to you. We're going to do this. For, no, no, I, we,
1: net 30 days on the end of that, None of that.
0: <laughs> People say, well, don't you invoice? I go do do you, can you do an invoice when you go buy gas or groceries?
1: Yeah. So does that, does that kind of limit the, like the price point too? I mean, you're looking oh, at services I'm, that are 50 bucks, 100 bucks. No, I tops. mean,
0: I, my typical service personally that I oversee is like 25,000 um, to 100, 120, 200,000. I mean, it, it'll be overdraws, but they're yeah. writing us checks, you know, right. and, and even if it's overdraws, it's five checks. It's, you know, they're writing a $25,000 start check, you know, they're yep. writing a 15% deposit check and things of that nature. But if you train your clients well, and, and my clients know, it's funny, I'll go look at a job and, and what I'm speaking of right now, and I own a really, I, I think I own the biggest digital marketing company in Virginia. But what I'm specifically speaking of also, I own a very high remodeling company, that multi-million dollar and very bougie type of thing. We have designer on staff and kitchen designers, and we do some pretty amazing Great stuff. Great place
1: to have one of those, by the oh, way. The no, it is.
0: Charlottesville's incredible. We literally print money. It's it, I, I joke that we take money out in duffel bags, um, but but with that being you know. But with that being said, my customers always joke. They go, Sean, I, they they always joke about getting their elbow ready because they go with you, Sean. All we got to do is say what we want and write a check. I go, I've got you trained well. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I joke that I don't I don't chase checks. Did I uh,
1: Did I hear somewhere maybe it was another episode that I might have been listening to that you had done that uh,
0: you try to start a, a new business every year. I try to start a new profit stream within one of my companies or something new within every year. And and I view that as something worth $250,000 or more. So this isn't a $50,000 hobby or anything like that. And that's why we've added so many divisions within my home service company. And that's why we're getting ready to franchise our digital marketing company. Yeah. I just think, you know, there's 12 months in a year. I I don't think it's a bad idea to kind of like every year go, okay, where can we grow? Where's there an opportunity for scaling? And what we tend to do is hold on to the business. Like we hold on to it like oxygen. It's almost like the person holding the, that death grip on the steering wheel. What, what Typically what I find the life cycle of a, of a startup and a, and a young entrepreneur is they start the business and then at some point they replace their income as an employee. And that's like the Holy grail. Yeah. And you know, they got a little bit of freedom, and they're making what they made. And if they're making even a little bit more, oh, that is great. But then they stop there. And then it's a death grip hold on for the duration of their lifetime. Mm. And um, I I just think you got to constantly be growing, constantly be growing, because things that work today may not work five years from now, what you may be, what may be your biggest profit stream right now, five years from now may not even exist.
1: Have you built a I mean, it sounds like you had so much going on and, and, you know, there's only one of you and I, mean, I don't know how yeah. you multiply yourself or leverage yourself, partners,
0: partners, 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 I, I partner in all a, my businesses.
1: So if, if, if you have listeners that say, okay, Hey, I, I would like to kind of replicate this model. So do you have courses? Do you have, I mean, I know you've written books about that, but what's the, what's kind of the ongoing community that you've built around yeah,
0: this? Yeah, I, I typically, I mean, people reach out to me and I'll coach them privately. And, you know, obviously it's not, it's not inexpensive, but I've mastered marketing. I'm, I've, I'm, I understand marketing really well. And I've under partnering is what I've done in all my businesses, right down to the wax master. What I do is, my philosophy is this, who is the one person in the equation that you're missing, that if you had that, you could either start the business and or scale the business. Mm -hmm. There's no one person who can typically do both because you said you're physically limited. I'm limited in time right now. That that would be, there's a finite amount of time that I have right now. There's a certain amount of bandwidth that I can put my focus on. So I'll get a business off the ground with someone who's an expert in whatever we're going to do. Yeah, and they're going to take over the day to day, like the digital marketing. I I brought in a guy who'd worked with Fortune 100 companies, and we started a digital marketing company. And, you know, it's done incredible, and I have six partners in my my other co- my home remodeling company and things like that. My partner, my real estate company. So I always partner. That like that is like my go to right from the beginning, who is the one person, like if I have them and I can mentor them, train them in business, Mm -hmm. because typically they're coming from an employee situation. And so I have to spend about two to three years, you know, changing kind of their mindset as well as, you know, how they handle customers. And you got to, you know, typically got to be a little bit tougher if you're at the top of the food chain. So they tip, you know, generally somebody like that, they don't know how to fire somebody, they drag it out. Yeah. And I always say to like, James will come to me. He goes, oh, I was thinking about, runs my digital marketing company. He's a really nice guy. He'll go, wow, just, you know, I'm going to give him another chance. I go, it's not going to work. I said, you can do what, I'm not going to tell you to fire anybody, but a month from now, I promise you, you'll wish you would have fired him today. Yeah. He came back two weeks later and goes, you're right, I fired him today. I go, once you know you should fire him, just cut bait. Yep.
1: That, that is, uh, I think that is so true. And, and I mean, of the thousand stories of what you just described, you know, Hey, they're not going to change that leopard doesn't change his spots type thing. There may be an outlier. There may be one person that, yeah. that kind of has that aha moment and wakes up in the, in the midst of this yeah. and says, Hey, I can do something different. But for the most part, I think you're exactly right. It's, it is this whole idea of you know, cutting bait
0: and cutting it pretty quickly. Exactly. Once you know, and I, and my philosophy also, as well is generally, you know, you got a good employee in the first 30 days. In the first 30 days, you get a pretty good idea of what what you got. Now they can improve and get better, but you kind of know they're reliable. They're, they, they have the capacity, they're smart. You kind of get a good idea and you also know if they're not. And I, I just find that just when it comes to hiring and firing, just get it, get it, you know, you're always wanting to improve your team and cut them loose when when you know that they're no longer an asset to the company. Yeah, yeah n- never, never drag that out at all. Did and I'm that way with a startup too. I apologize, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, me. sorry, go ahead. But I, I feel that way when I start a company as well. If you're not making money in 90 days, in a general startup, okay, barring you had venture capital given to you, the one in Mm -hmm. 10,000. But if you're not making money, you better make a massive pivot or close the doors. Yeah. Is that profitable? Or is that just revenue? I I mean, you got to make revenue. And and, and, but I think at some point, I think we dragged this dog and pony show out too long. And the reason why we (laughs) do that is because we have access to money too easy right now. Mm. Home equity line. I've never used Like stuff like that to start a business. I go into it with a finite amount of money that I'm willing to, just like if I was at a blackjack table.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That's a good analogy. I I got this much money. I don't buy back in chips. If I lost this, it's because I'm having a bad day and I don't really gamble, but it makes, it makes the story good. But, but yeah, you can't just keep throwing money on a bad idea. You, Mm -hmm. you're better off to pivot on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I I love the way you kind of frame that and this this whole idea of, you know, and I, I want to ask you about that in just a minute about, you know, passion versus, you know, just common yeah. sense. But the, the idea, what I was going to ask you earlier is that when you onboard employees, is there like a 30 day, you know, probationary period because you have kind of refined this 30 days? I, I, in my mind,
0: what I basically tell a person is I put the expectations out very clear. Mm-hmm like this is kind of what we want. And, and you try to do the, I, I like to do my due diligence on the front end. I don't enjoy yeah. firing anybody. I mean, it's not yes. like, I'm like well, yeah. whatever. I don't like that, but I do, but I share with my partners, like, this is what you're looking for in a hire. This is what a bad hire looks like. Mm-hmm. And like you can tell early on, I'll give you one piece of advice, never stick with him. People that cannot manage themselves, they're either late, they got substance abuse issues, that undisciplined, whatever it is. There's so many things. If somebody cannot manage themselves, you cannot manage them. Mm. I've had very talented people that could not manage themselves. And thus, I could not manage them. So sometimes, you know, you cut bait because you realize they have habits that are very destructive and you don't know that in the interview process. So that that may come out really fast. And when that does, you know what? We don't run rehab centers. Right. It's time to cut bait, and and I tell people, I go, you know, if you were one year past whatever issue you had, I'd I'd give you a chance. I said, but I I'm not going to walk you through whatever you've got ahead of you. I go, you know, we we've got too many high end customers, Mm -hmm. too many moving pieces to to be babysitting you right now.
1: You you have you found it to be true, kind of emotionally as well. I mean, if you've had people that had you know, they the kind of struggle with getting their head around the, the job Anything. or they're always yeah. so
0: busy or whatever. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am void of emotion when it comes to employees on purpose, um, because you can't, because they'll use it against you. What they end up doing is like a week later, ah, oh, you know, Johnny, you know, their kid, you know, cause you're there to share with you. They've been having problems. Johnny's been, you know, skipping school or whatever. I don't care. Don't mm-hmm. take it personal. I don't care. You need to, admit, I'm happy to maybe adjust your work schedule. Maybe you yep. get off a little bit earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to do things like that, but I don't want any of the family dramatic because you're going to use that against me every time I try to hold you accountable to what I expected of you. Yeah.
1: That, so that, I don't, that's I don't point.
0: buy into that. You know, everybody's a kumbaya at work. No. My employees like me because I can create a paycheck for them if they if I could not create a paycheck, they wouldn't be there. I mean, they're they're all there for a reason. We all know why we come in every day. So playing that game, you know, doesn't make sense to me they respect me because I know how to scale companies grow them. Everything's first class, their paychecks don't bounce. uh, We never run out of work. That's my responsibility. What's going on in their house. is not my responsibility.
1: But it sounds like to me, though, you you created a culture at work that they can trust, too, though, that they, yeah, you know, there's that no they, nonsense. There's no. Yeah, there's no yeah. drama. There's no it's no no putting up with a with a bad employee to make the good employees think, hey, I, you know, I'm kicking my butt over here and you're you're watching this guy. Exactly. Do nothing, you're you
0: know? just when you have a bad employee, somebody else is picking up the slack. Yeah, that, that's what people don't understand. Somebody else yeah. is picking up the slack. And, and that to me, it just, it's just not helpful. I, I want everybody rowing in the right direction. And I, my my fault, well, in just hiring in general, my, what I'm looking for is somebody who has exceptional talent. I don't hire any sevens or below a seven. If you think a person's a seven, they're probably a five, five, mm-hmm. unless they're opening the doors or wash or cleaning dishes are not going to move the needle in your business. Yeah. Fives do not move yeah. the needle. There's certain positions where you can get away with it, but but in my businesses you can't. Okay, so I'm looking for talent, smart. You can't fix stupid. You mm-hmm. cannot fix stupid. Smart person can answer a customer's question well. They can navigate a, an issue. They can do stuff on their feet. They they just figure things out. Smart and great capacity. I want a person who can do two jobs.
1: I but you're also going
0: to reward that. Uh, I pay. I pay a ridiculous, my, my, I know my employees are the best paid employees in the United States of America for what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And you keep, I mean, you keep good talent though, because of that, you, because of the culture and because of the reward, you know, the the recompense, you know, side of things. Exceptionally well
0: taken care of, exceptionally well taken care of. And and I'm creative in that. Like if if an employee tells me, for example, uh, my son's, my son plays baseball and he's a pitcher. Okay, and and he he's going to pitch like one time a week for the next three months. I'd redo their entire schedule so they could go to that game. Yeah. So I I, I mean I don't mind being flexible. We but but don't play a game with me. Just kind of tell me what's going on.
1: Right. Right. You know and, whatever and it is. Show me that I can trust you
0: exactly tell you know, me beforehand. what your strategy is yeah. yeah tell me what your strategy is to make up for it or or whatever it is maybe we just lower the you, your pay for a season or you know for a certain amount of time during the year i don't care we can figure it out but you know there it has to be communication there
1: so I, I was listening to a another chat you had done and you uh you know there, we've had so many people interviewed on the show talking about Man, I've got to be passionate about well, what I do. it, it is just a driver. It's the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. And you were like, you were like the counterpoint to that. You Completely know, saying, I, and I'm as you're telling the yeah. story about the auto detailing thing, I'm thinking, there was no way he's sitting in that boardroom, yeah. <laughs> that conference room, going, I am so passionate about cleaning cars.
0: Never, I've never cleaned a car before then. I've never cleaned a car after then. I, I've never, I couldn't tell you the difference between two screwdrivers, yet I own a construction company, remodeling company. I want to find something that there's a there's a massive demand in the marketplace. I'm passionate about business. I'm passionate about marketing. I love creating the game that works. I like creating all the little pieces, the function, you know, I love the setting up the attracting customers, selling customers, the fulfillment. I, I love that. Yeah. The necessary business. I'm passionate about tennis and golf, and I don't know how to make money with either of those. <laughs> So hey, you, know,
1: you say that now yeah. <laughs> 2024 Sean yeah. may have a golf company or yeah but or you a, get tennis be a company. general
0: idea. The example is this. I'll give you a close up with one example in that dealing with that question. I started my a handyman company 22 years ago and we actually had a, a retail space because it was just affordable and so we had a retail space and to the left of me was a guy selling trains all everything you can for like trains the little you know the little mm-hmm. model trains and yep. all that i mean he wore the you know the conductor's outfit the hat i mean the whole role okay the other side of me was a lady doing scrapbooking she you couldn't have been more passionate these two people were so passionate these two people were out of business in 6 months <laughs> I'm back. Tw- I'm 22 years later because I had a durable service that people needed, and and the problem is we get passionate about something, and we may live in an area where there's not enough of us mm-hmm. to to make it a, a go at it. Now, yeah. if you can find something that you're passionate about, and there's a nice market for it, hey, I'm like, have at it. I don't think you should do something you don't like doing. Right. But I just I like the business part of it. What yeah. we're actually doing is kind of irrelevant to me if my customers have a demand for it and we can fulfill it at a high level and there's nice margins. I'll, we'll clean toilets. If that's, if I can get enough demand for it.
1: <laughs> well, you won't, but you'll hire yeah, somebody. Hire will. Yeah, I'll find right.
0: 25 people that love cleaning toilets. You know, somebody has <laughs> got to do it. I, yeah. I think that passion is an entrepreneur's mistress. It gives mm. us a reason to drag a business along longer than we should We look at it through the wrong lens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like how we would look at our children. We give, you know, typically in a healthy situation, you give them the benefit of the doubt on nearly everything. And, and, you know, because you're always waiting for the story to turn. You know, it's always going to get better. I don't think of that like a business. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that level of grace.
1: It's never, we don't scrutinize to the level that we would things we weren't passionate about. Exactly. So we yeah. hold
0: on to something longer than we should, instead of looking at it from just the pure numbers, this is yeah. not making money. We do not have enough foot traffic or we don't have enough people interested in it. Again, I, I, I like tennis. I love tennis and golf in Charlotte. So I haven't figured out, you know, how to make it, you know, you know, a business, but I've, it's made me enough money where I can play any golf course in the world. So
1: you, I love the idea of this kind of this constant churn, you know, every year we got we're thinking of something yeah. new or whatever. What do you have like a, what's the, what's the post-it note process that you go through that, that when you're evaluating or even finding yeah. business opportunities?
0: Well, number one is I never stop looking. So mm-hmm. I'm looking 365 days. What I do is I look at what I have and, and the couple of the things that I look at, I go, where within what I already own, what are what are what would my tar- what would my target customer want that I'm currently not providing? Like, like just add-on on at, services? Yes, whatever yeah. it is. Just right. just kind of look across the board. What is it that we have the capacity to do that our customers would would trust us to do? And mm-hmm. maybe you're you expand in there. Where would there be synergy? Yeah, when I did the digital marketing company, it was completely the opposite of what I had going on. But but we needed digital marketing to promote our business. Our competitors were beating us up in digital marketing, mm-hmm. so I knew we had to. You know, why not have our own digital marketing company? And and now it's not a fair fight. So I look for synergy. I look for complementary things within the space that we're in. I listen to what our customers are asking for. I mean, you can find it if you if you're looking, you will find it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's out there, but what ends up again, we end up holding the steering wheel for, you know, for dear life. We don't look for anything else and we, we hope it stays forever. And I'm just always, you know, always I was looking, I, I mean, it's great. You know, I, this is just how my brain works. Just perfect example. So I had two men in a truck come to my house yesterday and they were moving some stuff. Cause I was doing a furnished apartment somewhere. And my, I kind of looked at them and I'm like, okay, two men in a truck. This is a really good business because I look at what I paid them for the hour. So this is a great business. Model. It's a franchise. Mm-hmm. And they actually had three people working. And he goes, yeah, we never have three people. I said, yeah, see, my if I was going to start your business, it would be three dudes and a big truck. <laughs> and they were like, that's a great name. I go, yeah, because I'm going to go one top. I'm going to one over each of the things that you have. You have two men in a truck. I got three dudes because you just picture somebody a lot stronger and bigger. And a big truck, I can carry a lot more stuff in one load. You know, I, I mean, like, so to me, like I was, my brain was processing, maybe starting a moving company. I said, I'm, a, I'm like an addict. There's nothing sexy about that. But I ran the numbers. I paid them $250 an hour. There was three people there. Nobody was making more than 25 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. If I was betting my life, it was probably a, a 15, a 20, and a 25. Mm. You know, I'm running yeah. the math. So, okay, golly, that's, that's, that's a pretty nice, let's say $190 spread or something like that. Per, so the person's only almost making $2,000 a day. Let's say they're making 1,500 a day clean. Okay, five days in a week, that's 7,500. Saturdays are probably a bigger day. That's probably closer to 9,000. 9,000 times 50, it's a 450,000, 50,000 in expenses. And I can run the math. Somebody's walking away with 300 clean. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's, That's not sexy. That's not right. sexy, but I, but I, I like it.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I love that. The idea of taking something, so like, how do you kind of improve on that? How do you, exactly. how do you, like I, no I, original I ideas? You. That's right. You can you deliver pizzas in 30 minutes. We're going to do it in 20.
0: Exactly. <laughs> to me is I always say this is a good piece of marketing advice and it may help the audience find the one promise that if you could deliver on it and you're, your 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 competition right now can't or won't but if you can find one promise that your target customer if they heard about it they would chase you down for your business and then you build your business around that that's what domino's pizza did i mean Mm -hmm. you look at what walmart did you look at what amazon does you look at what nike does you know we're going to put our you know the greatest athletes in the world are going to be wearing our stuff They started that in the 80s before anybody was talking about it. You know, they did it with Michael Jordan. They did it with Bo Jackson. And they just kind of stuck with that story. The greatest athletes in the world were Nike. That was the story. Okay, no matter what the marketing was, that was the one theme that everybody kind of knew what they were doing. Everybody knew when they ordered a Domino's pizza, why? You're going to get a hot pizza in under 30 minutes. That was a bold branding position at the time. Or it's so, free yeah yeah or it's free mm-hmm. so wh- whatever it is uh, you know Zappos has you know returns for 365 days mm-hmm. so what promise could you make and and deliver on that your cus- that your competition isn't that if your 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 target customer heard about it they would just they they would chase you down I mean I want it to be that good they would chase you down for your business that's the kind of company you want to build and if you do that money wow. will take care of itself.
1: And you are you have uh, you've answered the question that I was just going to ask you that uh, you, you probably just answered it right then, but I, I'm, I want to give you space in case there's you want to expound on some things. but uh, you know so we're, we're kind of come to the end of our, our chat here today this this whole idea of you know, you've had so much experience in kind of the leadership, CEO, founder, you know, startup space. You know, for those of us that are much further behind you in the journey, what's what's just really one or two really sage, you know, points, real concise, you know, one liners
0: that you say, Hey, this will move the needle. If you get these right. Okay. Staffing is your number one thing. Staffing will move the needle faster than anybody hiring. If you hire monkeys, you know, you get peanut, you know what I mean? If you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. There it is. I knew it was in my head, (laughs) Uh, but you're going to grow your business in direct proportion to how good your staff is. So always be upgrading your staff. I mean, have a, a super top notch staff. Number two is is that partnering 50% of a lot is better than 100% of a little. Why mm-hmm. does Warren Buffett have a partner? Okay, let's go through all the people Elon Musk, you know, in partnership with Tesla, partnership with PayPal, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Why, why are the smartest people on the planet, 80% of them, have partnerships in their businesses? So I think partnering allows you to create momentum and scale so much faster. And, and then the marketing, you've got, you know, the biggest problem with small businesses, they take, the ga- they take their foot off the gas on marketing. Never take your foot off the gas in marketing. Always be, a, 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 always be collecting customers. Always be, you know, finding new ways to attract customers. When you find something that works, that's great. Find a second thing that works. You can, um, I, I look at that as almost another business example, let's just real quickly give you another quick marketing tool. Let's say that for whatever reason, you found a digital space that created this amount of customers. And so you're making this amount of money on it. Well, technically, if you could find another source that could duplicate it, you almost, you just doubled your business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you can, you can grow your business, not necessarily by adding more services. I've done it many years by going all in on another marketing vehicle. The goal is growth. My goal is a quarter of a million dollars in growth. How I get it, there's a lot of ways to get it. Um, So sometimes it's through marketing. And I think that in in small business, that's the the first two things we cut is we we try to pay people less than what they're worth, or we hire people that are worth exactly what we're paying, and they're just not that talented. So that's the big mistake we make. We don't pay anything. And number two is we cut marketing, or we try to keep marketing as low as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. They're the two biggest mistakes we make in small business space, and they are massive mistakes. They are absolutely, you know, massive mistakes.
1: Well, another thing you mentioned is that you know if you're as you're doubling down on something that's working, you're actually you, you've de-risked it too. I yeah, mean, the, the, yeah. you know, it's going to work. You know, yeah,
0: exactly. I don't, I mean, I'm not patient in letting, you know, if something's not working, I move on to something else, mm-hmm. but I'm always looking for more ways to apply leverage yep. Yep. in my business. You know, if I, I find that if you get comfortable, you know, generally, you know, the next stage is, is that you start, you know, money starts, you know, teetering out. And then there's the bottom, you know, then, then, you know, obviously you start going on the downside of it. So I don't ever want to think like that. I always want to have a growth mentality. I always want to have a staffing. I'm always interviewing. I'm, I'm totally staffed to the right now, but I still interview all the time.
1: Well, in your world, that's, that's a temporary setback, (laughs) or I guess that's a
0: temporary state of state of affairs. Yeah.
1: I mean, we do pretty good.
0: We, yeah, but I, but my point is if I interviewed somebody super talented, I'd find the money to hire them. Yeah. yeah. Like I, because I, 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 I know they're going to generate talented people mm-hmm. always pay for themselves. It's the untalented that costs you money. Yeah. The talented, gifted person, they're worth every penny you're paying them.
1: And more. Yeah,
0: I, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Man, I tell you, you uh, you warned me before I hit the record button that you said, uh, hey, I'm going to, I talk fast, but I, you know, it's not just quantity. I mean, it's the quality that that you have built into this, you know, 30 minutes or so that we've been chatting and Sean, I just, I really appreciate you just taking time today and just uh, it's really good to connect on a, on a beautiful Saturday morning in Virginia. Yeah. And as we, as we wrap up today, is there any, any closing thought you would like to add and then maybe just tell people where the best place to find you online, you know,
0: Yeah. Uh, prop
1: up your podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you like, you can obviously tell, I'm going to give you something in a, in a quick period of time because I don't have a great deal of patience. So the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, I think is the best podcast on the planet for giving you a quick interview and or quick advice in, in, you know, under 20 minutes for sure. Um, And then secondly, if you go to seancastrina.com, you'll, I have a free book you can download. It'll get you updated on the weekend MBA. And we, our newsletter is really good. It, It gives you something that you can actually take to your business and implement. So yeah. And then I'm obviously on, I'm on Instagram. So any of those, SeanCastrina.com. You can find me on Instagram. And uh, I think, you know, that, that's that's a really, really good start.
1: Well, Sean, thank you for repping our state well uh, this morning as uh, you you shared such a, just a great amount of value in a very short period of time, but uh, and also just really kind of upholding the promise that we try to deliver at Rising Tide, and that is just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Sean, have a great weekend. <laughs> a great,
0: thank you so much.